Welcome to the BeWellBuzz.com podcast. Welcome to the Be Well Buzz podcast. This is your resident nutritionist, Sean Stevenson. And today we're diving into a nutritional protocol that will have the greatest impact on your health, your vitality, your longevity, and the energy in your body every single day. We talk a lot about nutrition and some of these incredible foods that are available to us, but none of those things matter if you don't have this subject dialed in completely. A lot of people are sharing information about the importance of drinking high quality water, but you've never heard it like this before. Did you know that just a 5% drop in your bodily fluids can cause a 25 to 30% loss of energy like that? And what we're doing now in our modern society is turning to a bunch of false stimulants. Even if people are in the natural health community, they're running to eating more superfoods when in fact they're chronically dehydrated. And it's not just because of there's a lack of water. It's a lack of drinking the right kind of water. And this is what we're going to get into today. So in this podcast, you're going to learn about how the water balance in your body influences weight loss and even fat metabolism. Why water is critical to hormone production and transportation throughout your body. Why the water you're currently drinking can be a direct cause of disease in your body. What physiological processes water impacts. And most importantly, where to find the best drinking water to improve the quality of water that you're providing your family. So to kick things off, here are just some of the bodily processes that depend on adequate water supply. First and foremost, and the one that really should be a shocker for you, is the maintenance of your DNA and your messenger RNA structure that actually function for the regeneration and generation of new repair proteins. So that sounds pretty fancy, but to break that down, basically your DNA, which is the blueprint for you and for who you are, what's actually determining what proteins get built, whether you stay young, whether you're expressing disease, your DNA can actually be dehydrated itself and get dried out. And obviously that's a big problem if we're talking about what's triggering the genetic expression and the building blocks of you even being in existence. It's pretty profound. And if that doesn't trigger you to go get some water and come back and listen to the rest of this, I don't know what will. It's so important because most people just look at water as this inert substance and not understanding its profound impact that it has. We don't really understand the utility value of water. And that's why I'm going into this so deeply today because you know we know we're supposed to drink a lot of water and it's good for you, but we don't really understand the utility value and how visceral and how much you can change your health just by getting the right kind of water in your body. So another bodily process that depends on adequate water supply is the facilitation of reactions in the cell mitochondria, which this is where it actually generates ATP, which from past podcasts, you remember that this is your body's energy currency. And your mitochondria, which are your little energy power plants in your cells, this is all taking place in a water solution. So when you become dehydrated, this process begins to shut down. Also your blood. Your blood is over 90% water and actually uses water as a transport system for oxygen, nutrients, antibodies throughout your entire system. And it also provides a waste removal channel as well, which is super important. Then we have your lymph fluids, which remove microbes and debris all the way from your extracellular regions. And you can look at your lymphatic system as your cell's sewage treatment facility. So it's what's there to get rid of the stuff that's not you, to get rid of the stuff from all these metabolic processes in your body so you're not carrying around this load of old stuff. Super critical. 
Also, your level of hydration in your body affects the digestive secretions of your stomach, your intestines, your pancreas, and your liver. So these organs all have to do a lot with blood sugar regulation, the absorption of minerals, nutrients, amino acids, all those good things, and the avoidance of a lot of diseases that have to do with these organs. So we're talking about heart disease, cancer, diabetes, things that we obviously want to avoid. Also, water impacts the regulation of your body temperature, the cerebrospinal fluid of your central nervous system. So how you're actually able to even listen to this right now is impacted by the amount of hydration that your central nervous system has access to. Then we have the lubricating fluids that are secreted by your synovial membranes of your joints. And on top of all of that, we're talking about the shock absorption capacity that your joints have, as well as the introvertebral discs. So that ease of tension that so many people are dealing with, with all these different back problems, all these things are impacted directly by the amount of hydration in your body because water is the building force for all these things to even take place. So this is what leads us to this important caveat, which is it's not just about drinking water. It's about drinking the right kind of water. And water is not just this inert substance. We've really been jaded by the access to water that we have in the developed world. And we really take it for granted. Water is not simply just H2O and this chemical formation. It's actually known as the universal solvent, which means that water permeates and therefore becomes whatever it interacts with. And if you look up the definition of water itself, it's a liquid crystal. And if you get that, if you actually get that water is a liquid crystal, you understand what a unique substance it is and how we're able to actually have life on this planet. Because it's a crystal, it actually has the ability to transmit and to store information, which is just profound in and of itself. So water is not just H2O. It's H2O with other things dissolved into it, with other information dissolved into it based on where this water is coming from. So we're going to get into that today as well in, in pretty good depth in a little bit. But what I want to share with you now is how does your body actually even call out for water in the first place? What's controlling this intrinsic thirst mechanism that allows us to seek out one of our most important survival nutrients and a key for life in our body? Well, according to basic physiology, the water balance that's currently in your body is dictated by the hypothalamus in your brain. An important note here is that your hypothalamus also controls your entire endocrine hormonal system. So what's going on with your hormones, what's controlling that is linked up directly to the hydration level in your body. So your hypothalamus has what's known as osmoreceptors, and they actually detect the concentration of dissolved substances in your blood, in your body, throughout your entire system. And these dissolved substances are the byproducts of metabolism as well as what's coming in through the foods that we're eating as well as the water we're drinking. The dissolved substances in your water actually determine whether or not a water is a, quote, hard water, whether it's contaminated with too many heavy metals and things of that sort. So when the dissolved substances in your body get too concentrated, your hypothalamus triggers the release of a compound known as antidiuretic hormone. And this is actually released from your pituitary gland, which then secretes this and this stimulates your kidney cell permeability. So this will actually push back out into your body the filtered water that's in your kidneys now and open it back up and put it back into your system. 
because your body is very, very adept at keeping you alive. It cannot tolerate having too many dissolved substances in your body because that will start to slow down processes and you can actually start the process of dying, which to be straight with you, that actually is. So that's the breakdown. Controlled by your hypothalamus, then it goes to the pituitary gland, which releases ADH or antidiuretic hormone, which stimulates your kidney cell permeability. And this is getting modulated all day, every day, and everybody has a certain threshold that this process is kicked on. So we want to avoid this whole dehydration point in the first place, obviously, and this is really what today is all about. And so another little side note on the hormones, your body actually uses a water pathway to transport neurotransmitters throughout your entire body. So, you know, the serotonin, the dopamine, all these things use a water pathway. And so many individuals are suffering from issues that really have a lot to do with their hormones and that cellular communication. This process is breaking down because individuals are dehydrated. That's a large part of this entire formula. So that's one thing to be very much aware of. Another issue is weight loss itself. And I talk about this in a chapter in my book, The Key to Quantum Health. I actually break down the correspondence between weight loss and the hydration level in the body pretty significantly. And understanding that when an individual is experiencing excess weight in their body, what their body is doing is retaining water as a buffer for a lot of the acid compounds as well as retaining water to do basic biochemical processes. So your body could care less about you losing weight if it needs to keep your heart beating because it's gonna retain all of that old water that's polluted with metabolic waste products, broken down useless amino acids and hormones, even including the substances in your colon. Your colon is really, really good at doing this and delivering stuff back into your system if new stuff isn't coming in and helping to wash out the old stuff. So the introduction of fresh, clean, structured water, the right kind of water, will enable your body to let go of the old water and thus resulting in a pretty significant weight loss. But again, it's not just drinking water. It's the right kind of water. And this is what we're going to get into next. So most people think that when they drink water, it just gets right into their cells and does the stuff it needs to. Not so. There's actually a structure in your cells that are known as aquaporins. And these are protein channels that actually assist in the transportation of water molecules across the fatty cell membrane. So we know that fats and waters, oil and waters, do not mix. And your cells have this fatty cell membrane that protected from so many different things that we're not even going to get into. But what allows that water to actually traverse that terrain and get into the cells are these aquaporin channels. Now, these aquaporins have a certain size structure that's evolved right along with us that only allows in the right size water molecule. And we're talking about real, fresh, clean, structured water that is not overrun with a lot of those dissolved solids that we talked about a little bit earlier. So this in and of itself is a big insight here. So if you're drinking water that is not structured properly, that has too many of the wrong things in it, then it's not going to get into your cells and hydrate you properly. So a lot of people are just drinking water all day long, but it's not actually doing the job that they want it to do. And these aquaporins have a lot to do with this. And it's just honoring your body and giving your body what it actually wants, which in our modern society, we've really forgotten what that is. So with that said, now this is a good place to talk about what's really going on with our water supply and what we need to do about it. 
So should we be worried about byproducts in our water, like pharmaceutical drugs, antidepressants coming through your faucet? Well, I've got news for you. We've got excellent systems for removing pathogens from our municipal water supply and all the different particulate matter that people flush away. We've got chemicals and all those kind of things to interact and counterbalance that. But for the pharmacopoeia that we've all been exposed to in our modern world, we currently don't have systems for removing these things from our water supply. And this is not just conjecture. I'm going to actually show you some of the facts here. There's a comprehensive study of the drinking water for more than 28 million Americans. And what is detected is a widespread level of pharmaceuticals and hormonally active chemicals in the water supply. So what was done was a screening for the tap water of 19 U.S. water utilities over the period of an entire year. And I'm going to share with you some of the most frequently detected compounds. And these were in some low concentrations, but nonetheless, these are showing up in the water that was getting to 28 million Americans. One of the things found in the municipal water was atenolol, which is a beta blocker that's used to treat cardiovascular disease. And this was actually coming through people's faucets. Naproxen, which is a painkiller and anti-inflammatory. And naproxen has been linked to actually triggering asthma attacks. Atrazine, which is an organic herbicide that's actually been banned in Europe, but it's still used in the United States. Gemfibrozole, which is an anti-cholesterol drug. It's one of those fancy statins out there. Carbamazepine, which is a mood-stabilizing drug that's used to treat bipolar disorder and several other psychiatric issues. Estrone, which is related to birth control pills. And this is actually being blamed for the changing in the genders of the aquatic life that's so frequently noted in the news now. And one more I'll share with you is meprobamate, which is a tranquilizer that's used in psychiatric treatment. So this was just some of the list. And all these things, and this is really mind-blowing, but ignorance is not bliss, and we need to know this stuff. We need to understand that the results of our actions in becoming this drug culture, intrinsically, this is going to show back up in our environment, and it's going to eventually make its way back to us. And this is just what's going on right now. So if that doesn't make you reconsider... Where are you getting your water from and thinking about where can I get the best water for my body and for my family? Then it's also important to note that the pesticides, the herbicides, the rodenticides, the fungicides, all these things that are utilized now to grow food throughout our country and throughout the world is also making its way back into our municipal water supply. And you can look at tons of research material and you'll find that when you look up what's coming up in this water, you'll find lead, pesticides, copper, arsenic, nitrates, so many different compounds that are known carcinogens and known to cause problems for the human body. So people will think that, well, Sean, that's going on in the water, but we have this great treatment facility for our water and you know our, our government is doing all these things to help improve the water quality. This is true, but this is based on convenience. This, this is based on what can be done right now in the common paradigm. And in actuality, the treatments themselves for our water supply are actually causing a lot of big problems as well. So the number one thing that's used to destroy pathogens in the water, which is very effective at doing that, is chlorine. So our municipal water treatment facilities add chlorine to the water. And chlorine is known to kill bad pathogens and healthy gut bacteria. And we know now that the majority of our immune system 
as well as our serotonin, is located in our gut. So when we start to damage that internal ecology that we have, it's going to lead to a lot greater problems down the line. And when you're drinking that nice tall glass of tap water, you're actually taking a nice big dosage of chlorine and definitely taking out some of your healthy gut bacteria. And that's just the way it is. Also, we have arsenic. And studies show that arsenic has been correlated with an increased cardiovascular mortality rate at a municipal level. There's actual studies that confirm this. And this is one of the big compounds that is in our municipal water supply. And probably the most disturbing of all is the fact that fluoride is added to our water supply. And we know now that toxic levels of fluoride can actually accumulate in the bones because that's what it's meant to treat and interact with is the bones. It's similar in its chemical makeup to calcium, to our bones, but it's not actually the same thing. And it's been shown to intensify the toxicity of aluminum buildup, which can lead to Alzheimer's and all kinds of mental disorders. According to the National Research Council, the NRC, it's been shown that fluoride can significantly damage the brain. Studies by EPA scientists have found dementia-like effects when exposed to fluoridated water. And also human studies have found adverse effects on IQ levels. And this is real clinical studies done showing that fluoride is not good news for you. The NRC also notes of a significant risk to your thyroid as a result of fluoride, risk to your bones, risk for bone cancer. And in particular with this one, there was a study done by a team of Harvard scientists in finding that there was a direct correlation between fluoride and a very serious form of bone cancer known as osteosarcoma. And all of this for what? Why is this added to our water supply? This is not something that's used to treat the water, to eliminate pathogens, to protect somebody. Fluoride is actually a medication. It was put into the water supply to help to improve bone health. And this is a direct violation because it is a medicine. It's in direct violation of individuals' right to informed consent to medication. This is actually a violation of our rights, and most people have no idea of this. However, it's the second most abundant compound that's typically added to municipal water supplies in the United States. Most industrialized countries around the world have actually banned fluoride, but not here in the U.S. So that's something to think about as well. And the last thing I'll say on this is a quote that I found from Dr. Robert Carlton, who was a former EPA scientist. He said that fluoridation is the greatest case of scientific fraud of this century. And that's something to really think about. This is actually an EPA scientist who's making this statement. And to evaluate, am I actually being smart by drinking this water coming from my tap? Is my filter getting rid of this fluoridated water that's getting into my system and my kid system and my family, my mother, my friends? Is this okay? And if you do a little bit of research into this, you find out that no, it's not okay. And we've got to do better. And that's what we're going to look to now. So now we're going to dive into what are some of the options out there? What are some of the things that people are doing that are possibly better in some cases, but potentially hazardous in and of itself? And we're going to distill all this information down into what the best thing is and how to really leverage drinking the right water to transform our health overall. So what I did as being, you know, the health guy and the, the one who was doing stuff better than everybody was start to drink bottled water. You know, this was back, you know, 10 years ago and had my bottled water everywhere I go and it's getting the fancy brands and spending all this money. When you start to find out that all this information is coming out, that the only requirement by these companies is that it's as good as tap water. And there was a recent environmental working group test that 
actually uncovered 38 contaminants in 10 major brands of bottled water, including nitrates, arsenic, Tylenol, caffeine, and industrial chemicals. And the biggest problem with the whole bottled water industry is the fact that it's bottled in off-gassing plastic. And we know now that plastic contains a compound known as bisphenol A or BPA. And what that is, is it's known as a xenoestrogen. So it actually mimics the activity of estrogen in your body and will actually attach to estrogen receptor sites in your body. And this can create hyperfeminization of women and men. So this can lead to things like fibroid tumors, cancers, loss of secondary sex characteristics, and all kinds of nasty stuff like that. So the whole bottled water, getting our bottle in plastics is not the best idea. And for some people, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow, but you need to know about this because plastics do not biodegrade. They don't break down like paper. They photodegrade. So literally light breaks plastic down. And because water is known as a universal solvent, it actually interacts with those compounds and you start drinking water that has plastic mixed into it like a tea, basically. So when you see that bottled water, you think plastic tea. Do I want to drink some plastic tea? No, nah, I'll pass on that. So what we're looking to is if we're getting bottled water, it's best to get it bottled in glass if at all possible. But there are even better options, which we're going to get into as we go along here. So what's smart and what's efficient for our super busy lives these days? It's having a really great water filter at home. And the big catchphrase out there is that if you don't have a filter, you become the filter. So you definitely want to have a filter on your home water supply. It's very important. And I'm going to share a little bit about that, but it's such a complex topic itself. We can do a whole nother series of podcasts about just the different water filters out there and water processing strategies. So one of them is a process of distillation. And this was really promoted highly by legendary people like Paul Bragg. This is something that, remember we talked about how water records information as well. So even if you're taking your water from the municipal water supply, which at some point was coming out of somebody's body, which was at one point the water somebody bathed in or used the bathroom in, and it's coming through your faucet after all its different processing, it's definitely not the same as when it left the person's body. But that water, because it records information, still is carrying data from that experience. And you bring that into your water and you understand that the majority of your body is water and water becomes you, this can start to lead to some complications, obviously. And if that doesn't just jump right out and click in your mind, I highly recommend you looking into Matsuri Emoto's work, The Hidden Messages of Water, and look into that and understand even the, the field of homeopathy where we take a substance, we put it into a water solution, remove the substance, and that water still carries the information of that substance. And homeopathy has been very successful at helping countless people to be able to reverse degenerative illness and all means of sickness. So this is a very real science and it's not something to just brush off. So back to the process of distillation, this is a process where you can actually erase to a great degree according to what is thought to do, the memory of that water and get rid of, because of the distillation process, you have the water separating from all the dissolved solids. But now what you have is pure blank H2O. And remember, water, the water that we want, is not just H2O. It's H2O that's structured and has information. 
So it's commonly thought that drinking a lot of distilled water will actually draw minerals from you, it will take from you. This is hungry water, and water is always looking to structure itself. So it might not be the best idea as far as what the best water source is. However, the distillation process and then doing some things to add some life back to the water, to charge the water, to structure the water, then it can be something that's pretty valuable. And we'll talk about some means of doing that as well. Another process that has gained a tremendous amount of popularity recently is alkalizing the water, is ionizing the water to give it an alkaline pH. So when we talk about acid and alkaline in nature, we're talking about the mineral content of the water or of the food, of the person. That's what we're talking about. But when it's looking at it from the means of these ionizing machines, this means that it's altered by man. These ionizing machines are used to actually change the water with electricity. And what you have is two different channels of water resulting, one acid channel and one alkaline channel. The water ionizers actually split apart water molecules with electricity, and this is artificially creating alkaline water. And again, this is artificial because in nature, it has to do with the mineral content, not breaking it apart and sending the acid one way and the alkaline the other. That's not a complete matrix or naturally structured water. So this leads into a significant danger for people. Clinical studies have actually revealed that there's been injury to cardiac tissue, which is your heart tissue as a result of drinking ionized water. So if someone is already dealing with heart disease, this is something that you probably want to avoid because creating it in this unnatural artificial way is creating an alkali, it's creating a drug, it's creating a supplement. It's not something that's real. And of course, this does have medicinal properties. Don't get me wrong, because a lot of people will be up in arms when they hear about their alkalizing machines and all this fancy stuff they've gotten invested so much money in. I mean, people are getting away with murder with the selling of these machines. And they find out that these machines are actually pretty harmful for your health long term. Small amounts are okay, but ingesting a gallon, which is eight pounds, of a supplement can be problematic, obviously. So understand, these ionizing machines actually electrically attack the water and break them apart, creating an alkaline water and an acid water and sending you that alkaline part of the water. But this water has been damaged, and this is not what we want. We want water that's highly structured, that has vitality and life force, and that doesn't have a poor memory of actually being attacked and electrocuted. And on top of all of that, the water still retains its memory that we talked about a little bit earlier. It's not changing that water from where it actually came from and all the stuff that it's been through. So this brings us to something that is pretty great when it comes to home systems, and this is reverse osmosis. And just to make this short and sweet, reverse osmosis basically pushes the water through a very, very tight membrane with pores of just 0.0001 microns. And to give you a reference point, a bacteria is 0.4 microns. So it gets rid of a lot of the stuff that would try to make its way through your faucet and into your cup and into your body. So this reverse osmosis process, because of that amount of pressure, is pretty adept at getting rid of the bad memory of the water. Pollutants like chlorine, bacteria, those medications that we talked about earlier. And it's also pretty effective at removing fluoride, which is one of the reasons that I really, really like it. But yet again, we come back to the topic of 
this water, the structure has been damaged significantly because it's been forced through these very, very small pores in this membrane. And it's no longer highly structured water that our aquaporins interact with properly. So this is a place, again, where you need to do something to add some life force, some structure back to the water again, so that it can interact properly with the aquaporins in your body and actually get you hydrated and help you to get the results you want. Now, everything that I've covered does not speak volumes of, this sounds amazing, this sounds so attractive and sexy, this is the thing to to get into my body for me to feel incredible. Nothing really speaks to that. We have a basic bad, a little bit better, a little bit better kind of level going on here. So where do we get the best water? Well, because we've been so disconnected from nature, which Da Vinci called water the driver of nature, we've been so disconnected from that, we're missing out on what nature is actually providing us. Right now, humans are trying to duplicate and replicate the process of filtration that the earth itself naturally does. The earth itself is a giant water filtration system. And when it presents water at a natural spring, it's actually providing water that's been in aquifers incubating for literally thousands of years. This water has never even seen pollution. It hasn't seen the whole industrial revolution. It hasn't seen this exposure to all these pharmaceutical drugs. That water is the cleanest, purest thing on the planet. And it's alive. This is living water. When we put water through all those different processes, we're destroying the water. We're we're essentially taking its life and then trying to bring it back to life again rather than you're getting the water happy and healthy right from the site itself. So how does this water actually get filtered and present itself to you via a spring? Well, it goes through an entire hydrological cycle, which again takes thousands of years. And when we get these different filters, they have layers of charcoal, carbon, all of these different layers that replicate what the earth does automatically. And when you actually see a spring and how this water, all we've been exposed to are concepts of gravity and things being pressed down. This water actually has levitational properties. It will literally bring itself to the surface. In some cases, a lot of cases from springs I've been to, it will actually explode out of the ground and present you with this highly structured, clean, pure hydration that you cannot find in any bottled water, you cannot find anywhere else on the planet. To actually drink water directly from a spring is the optimal choice. And some people out there, you know, I can hear you right now, I can't get access to a spring. Where am I going to find a spring at? I'll tell you this, you will be so surprised at how close to a spring you are. Nature is always looking out for us. And it's just pointing your servo mechanism in that direction, making it an intention to find a spring will start to bring it closer to you because it's already there. It's just your awareness of it. You know, we have a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. It's like a built-in radar. And this is how I started to find springs in my area. And now I have not drank anything except structured spring water from the source by a place that's close to my home for going on a couple of years now. And it's been the health practice that has changed me the most, hands down. By getting that water in my body, even if you can get just five gallons of this water one time, it will completely change out the fluids in your system. It's like giving your body a true oil change and resetting so many different systems in your body. It's just absolutely amazing. There is no other substance in our common lexicon that has the word holy attached to it besides spirit. It is that important. And again, I want you to understand that this is 
highly structured, ennobled water. We are what we eat, drink, and breathe in the environments that we are around. So bringing in the most ennobled substances into our body will create more of a perfected human unit. We'll start to express the highest of your genetic potential and not bringing in damaged, destroyed water or water that has very traumatizing memory into your body. You know, we know that our society, a lot of the people around us are really out of sorts and looking for answers and can't really find out what's wrong. And when we look to what is your body mostly made out of? What is that conductivity in your body? How's that all happening? It's all happening with a water solution. And the quality and quantity of water that you bring into your body is a direct determinant of the health, energy, and vitality that you're going to express. So lastly, I'm going to say that the next level down from getting your water from a true spring will be to get water from a well. The well water is also coming from an aquifer, but this water has not ripened all the way. It's not being brought forth through that spring to actually be presented to you via nature itself. So it's kind of like we're going and forcing the water out, sort of like, and I don't want to make this seem too graphic or weird, but it's like going in for a C-section and removing that child from the womb rather than allowing it to do its natural process and be presented to you. So, but well water is excellent, super good, but it tends to be really high in total dissolved solids. And there are actually some simple tests you can do to test your water. And, and I've even got a couple of videos that we can possibly post up with this podcast to give you some reference points of some of the things to do to test your water and to, to actually get this water into your home. And I've actually got a couple of videos where I'm demonstrating some of these things, and we can possibly post it up with this podcast to give you some more reference point. And I've also got a nice section on water in my book, The Key to Quantum Health, as well. So to wrap things up, what do we do to actually improve our water quality after treatment, after it's gone through reverse osmosis and a distillation, all those things? Because that, for some people, it's going to be the level that they're at. They're not ready to hop on board and start getting their water from springs right now even though it's by far, it's not even comparable in how good that water is. But these are some things that you can do right now to improve your water quality after treatment. Because again, if you don't have a water filter, you are the filter. So get a water filter. One thing that you can do, and it's so simple, you know, water is a liquid crystal. So we bring those crystals back into the water. We add a little bit of full spectrum salt, like Himalayan salt or a really high quality sea salt. Just a little pinch into your water can be, bring some structure can bring some resonance to that water. And super easy to do. You churn out your five-gallon jug of water and you add about a half a teaspoon to that and just let it sit there in your water and it's all good. Another modality, which is super simple, is adding some lemon, some fresh-squeezed lemon juice to the water. And why I say this is that lemon has an anionic orbit. It actually functions in the same process as our bodies, as our saliva, it really has this amazing charge to it. And this is something we kind of naturally do, even if you go to a restaurant or something. When do people start putting lemon in water? It's because it actually brings some structure to the water and makes it more hydrating. Another thing you can do is look at a product called Crystal Energy. And this is a silica-based product that actually brings some structure to the water. And I could do a whole show on this one as well, but just check it out if it sounds of interest to you. But the sea salt and lemon, super easy. Those are my top choices. Lastly, something I really like a lot and has a pretty strong place in my heart for the good things that it's done for me is zeolites. And zeolites, that's an organic compound 
derived from an oceanic interaction with volcanic materials. And zeolites have been used for quite a long time. And it's highly noted, even by, you know, people at the top levels in science and cleaning up radioactivity to be very effective for getting rid of radioactive waste, heavy metals, all those kind of things. It actually brings a structure and some charge to the water as well. And before I go, I want to share with you one more thing, one more profound thing, is that your skin is your largest organ, and it eliminates and it also takes in, it also assimilates. So when we're taking baths and we're taking our shower in that municipal tap water, that can obviously be a big problem. And there are estimates out there that if you're taking a 10-minute shower in this stuff, you're absorbing the same amount of these pesticides, pharmaceuticals, and chemicals added to the water as if you were to drink a gallon of the water. So I'm not saying this 100% accurate, but it is a big thing and it is definitely affecting us. So get a shower filter. Just get a shower filter. I really like the Sprite shower filter. It's simple, inexpensive, but there are some more fancy ones out there. But get a shower filter for yourself and your family. So we've talked about how water affects our DNA. We've talked about how water affects weight loss and why individuals have a really tough time losing weight. We've talked about the pharmaceuticals that are now showing up in our water supply. We've also touched on the main things that are added to our water supply that are causing big problems, like the chlorine, the arsenic, and the fluoride. We've gotten into all the different types of water that are out there, from bottled water to filtered, ionized, and alkaline water, reverse osmosis, and gotten into what is the best water on the planet, which is highly structured living water coming from a natural spring. It's been unpolluted and untampered with, and we don't have any of those problems that we're trying to get rid of with pharmaceuticals showing up in the water, chemicals added to the water, all that kind of stuff. So we're just avoiding that whole situation. And that's what we really want to do. It's not just about eating raw foods if we're eating processed, cooked water. And lastly, we got into some things that we can actually do to improve the water quality after we run it through our different treatments that we have at home. So I hope this has been tremendously valuable for you. I had a great time putting it together and sharing it with you. And I hope that you use this information to really uplevel your health and your energy levels and make sure that you share this with your family and the people you care about because there is not a nutritional practice that's more important than getting the best ennobled high quality water into our bodies to ensure that we avoid disease and to have the greatest expression of health and vitality that we can possibly have. This is Sean Stevenson signing off from Be Well Buzz, and we'll talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to the BeWellBuzz.com podcast. Go to www.BeWellBuzz.com for free articles and news about natural health and wellness.